Good morning, everybody. And if I may say so, Merry Christmas. Uh, this is the final installment of our Christmas series, Feeling the Pressure. And I just want to say thank you to all of you who have been watching uh, and have been sharing and have been subscribing and have been liking and all of the stuff uh, that you've been doing as we launch this sermon series to ensure that your friends and family are getting to see it. Um, I, I just want to take a moment today uh, before Christmas and say thank you to so many of you. You guys, we have been through a crazy year, uh, a wild and crazy year, and here's the reality. I'm just going to tell you this. You guys, our church family has been so incredibly wonderful during this period. You have given more than ever before. You have invited more than ever, ever before. More people are actually uh, viewing our services now and participating in our services now more than ever in the history of our church. Uh, you are caring and connecting with people. You're running life groups all the way through COVID. Um, you're serving in all of these crazy ways. There are people here now that are serving behind the scenes with cameras and lights and all kinds of production. Everything has shifted over this year, and you guys have stepped up to it. And I personally could not be more thankful and more proud to be the pastor of One Family Church. And I love you, and I thank you, uh, and I cannot wait to see you in T-minus four-ish days, uh, Christmas Eve. Um, this Thursday, uh, Christmas Eve, we are having an amazing Christmas Eve celebration. Come out uh, to it. We have the drive through event at 4.30, 4.30 to 6.30 at the St. Louis Foundry. If you don't have the details on that, please fill out a connection card. If, you, if, you, uh, if we do have your information, then you have an email sitting in your inbox right now with all of the details, okay? Um, and if you don't have the details, let us know. Fill out a connection card. We'll send it to you. Uh, we're gonna give, we have a gift for you. We got live animals. Don't listen to the people who say there's gonna be camels, okay? It's a llama, not a camel. It's a llama, all right? Camels were booked, okay? Um, so Christmas Eve, 4.30 to 6.30, come on out. Uh, it's going to be really, really awesome caroling and singing and uh, animals and a nativity scene. And then at 7.30 p.m. Central Time on Christmas Eve, we are live streaming our Christmas Eve candlelight service. So um, stay tuned for that. All right. Love you guys. Um, we're going to dive in to part five of feeling the pressure. Uh, and then just to give you a little taste, uh, in January, we are launching a new series called promised land. So do not miss out. Uh, that's going to start the first Sunday in January. We're going to look at God's promises for where he's taken us after we've been in a wilderness period. Amen. All right, let's get into this. Part five, feeling the pressure. We're going to start with Luke chapter two, verses one through seven. It says this, and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be Registered. Now, if you're an old school King James person, your Bible says that all the world should be taxed, and that's the reality. Uh, Caesar Augustus was registering the people so that he could tax the people. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. 
So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Today, I want to speak to you for just a few moments on the topic, enduring the pressure when you don't see the purpose. Enduring the pressure when you don't see the purpose. Let's take a moment, let's pray, and we dive right in. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment, for this time we have. We pray, Lord God, that your spirit would descend upon us, anoint us, anoint our ears to hear your word, anoint my mouth to speak your word. Proclaim your truth, Lord, through me to everyone who's watching today. Um, and I pray, Lord God, that, that uh, we would be transformed. We would be made closer into the image of you. We would learn what it, what it means to endure the pressure even when we don't see the purpose. We thank you for this. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Uh, this week, my wife and I celebrated 13 years of marriage. 13 years of marriage. I feel like we're no longer newlyweds. We're no longer novices. We are moving into the pro category of marriage, 13 years. And the way that we remember our anniversary, like how many years we've been married, is by the age of our oldest son. That's how we remember uh, uh, how many years we've been married because our oldest son, Jameson, was conceived on our honeymoon and my wife gave birth to him um, uh, about two months before our first wedding anniversary. So every time we try to remember our uh, our, our, how many years we've been married, we just think about his age and then, then we know. Um, and I will never forget, because it was one of the most memorable experiences in my life, the day that my oldest son, my oldest son was born. Uh, my wife and, and I were waiting for that day. We were waiting for the day uh, that she would give birth. And one day she started to feel some pressure uh, she started to have some contractions and felt it in her, in her back and in her abdomen. And she said, you know, I feel, like, I feel like it's time. So we packed our little bag and we got in our car. We drove down to Mobap Hospital. Uh, we checked ourselves in. The doctors and the nurses said, you know, um, just let us know when you're ready. We'll be out, out here and uh, you're, you're, you're good to go. So we sat in the room and we waited. Um, the pressure began to, to come on even more and more. The contractions started getting more and more consistent uh, and, and stronger. But uh, we just kind of kept waiting. And a couple hours passed, and we kept waiting. And a couple hours passed, and we kept waiting. And my wife began to get more and more uncomfortable. Uh, it became harder for her to relax. It became harder for her to rest. It became harder for her to, uh, to, to, to talk. She couldn't get comfortable. She starts moving around. The pressure is mounting. There's increased pain. Hour after hour passes. Finally, the doctor comes in, and he says, uh, Rebecca, we, we would recommend that you consider um, getting an epidural. An epidural is uh, a shot that you can get that will actually help to alleviate uh, and relieve some of the pain. Well, Rebecca had determined, because she had watched a lot of birthing videos and read a lot of books and talked to a lot of people, she had determined that she was going to do this all natural. She did not 
want to take any epidural. She did not want any assistance from anybody. And she had been in labor for almost 24 hours at this point. So I don't know if you've ever been around somebody who's been in labor for 24 hours, but the filters are kind of off at that point, all right? So when the doctor comes in and starts messing with her birthing plan, uh, she, really, she really let him have it. Now, we had only been married for, you know, 10 months at that point. She was using some, some, some language that I'd had never heard her use before. There was a little bass in her voice. There was a little tone to her voice that I had just, I just had never seen her like that. She turns to that doctor and she's like, I'm having a natural childbirth. I don't need your help. I don't need your drugs. I know what you got. And you know, the doctor finally, he like looks at me and he's like, kind of like, is she always this spicy? And I'm like, ah, uh, you know, he, he, he basically, you know, kind of waved it off. Like, you know, this wasn't his first rodeo. Uh, so he says, okay, you know, have it your way. And he leaves the room. She's going to muscle through this all on her own. But the pressure was relentless. Some of you today, the pressure has been relentless. You have been walking for the last year through a period of pressure unlike any pressure you've ever experienced before. And it just seems like it's not going to end. For some of you who are single or maybe divorced, Christmas is coming and you're looking at all of the other people who are in relationships and who seem to be having such a nice time on Instagram and you're looking at them and and you're feeling the pressure of being alone. You're feeling the pressure of isolation. You're feeling the pressure of alienation. And, and you're looking at everybody else and you're wondering, when's it gonna be my time? You're feeling the pressure. For some of you, it's a financial pressure as we're moving into Christmas. The layoffs keep getting closer and closer to your department. And the money is tight. You wanna buy gifts. You wanna do things, but you're not sure. And so there's a tension there. There's a pressure there that you don't know quite what to do with because if you, if you make the wrong decision, it feels like it could be catastrophic and you're just feeling, feeling the pressure. For some of you that are in relationships, the last 10 months has been, you've seen some cracks. You've seen some strain in the relationship and there's a pressure on the inside of the relationship and it actually is threatening to break open the relationship and you're just in the midst of this crazy time as we're getting closer and closer to Christmas, you're feeling the pressure. Some of you, it's, it's a, a loved one that is estranged from you. You're not in communication with your children or you're not in communication with your parents and you're not, you're, you're, you, you, you have this love and this longing as a, as, a, as a family member and yet that person seems so distant and cold and isolated and alienated from you and there's nothing that you can do to bridge this gap and you want it and you're feeling the pressure. I know that a lot of people have gone through um, either the loss of a loved one in the last few months or a loved one that has gotten sick uh, and the emotional weight of that is suffocating and stifling. Uh, it's worry and it's anxiety. In some cases, it's grief. And it's just, it feels like it is weighing down on you. And you're saying, how can I endure this pressure? How can I endure it? Especially when I don't see the purpose in the pressure. When we look at the story of Joseph and Mary, we see a young couple 
that is under immense pressure. Every detail of the story of Christmas is packed with pressure. Every detail. You see, Joseph has to take Mary to to Bethlehem from Galilee. Why? Because because there's pressure. Because the Roman uh, 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 the Roman government at the tip of the spear says, I need everybody to go to their hometown. I need you to do it now. Why? It's, it's, what's the purpose of that, right? It's, it's for the prophet of Rome, but it's not for a purpose that Joseph and Mary can see. You've got to go down there. You've got to travel. It's 90 miles from, 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 from Nazareth to Bethany. They're going to travel on foot or maybe they're going to travel you know, on a donkey or a camel. And, and, but, but Mary is heavy with pregnancy. She's about to give birth. There's pressure there. She's tired. She's at that stage of pregnancy where you just want to sleep. You just want some rest, but you can't. You've got to press on. There's just pressure everywhere you go. And then when they get there, when they finally get to Bethlehem and they're looking for a place to rest, they're looking for a place to relieve the pressure a little bit, there's no room. There's no room. Scripture says there's no room for them in the end. Normally, you would have people around you. You'd have family members. You'd have cousins and aunts and uncles that would come around you and they would help try to relieve the pressure. But in their case, in Mary and Joseph's case, there's, there are rumors swirling. There are glances, sideways glances. Is Who's babe? Like, they're not married. Whose baby is this? If it's his baby, then they're, they're both sinners. If it's not his baby, then she's a sinner and he's a fool. And the community is looking upon them and there's nowhere for them to go. Everywhere they, they look, there's, there's pressure. Now they both had received a promise. They both had received a promise not long ago that God was going to use them to bring forth the Savior of the world. But it's hard to see the promise when you're in the middle of that kind of pressure. It's hard to see the purpose when you're in the middle of that kind of pressure. So what do we do? How do we endure the pressure when when we just cannot see the purpose? How do we endure the pressure that's inside and outside and coming from every angle when when it's almost impossible to see the purpose of it. Today, I want to give you some tools. I want to walk through this story, and I want to give you some truths and some tools from God's word that I believe that if you'll take them in and if you'll incorporate them and embrace them today, they will help you walk through the pressure of life. And not only walk through it, but emerge from it stronger and triumphant. I'm going to give you uh, the, the, the first word. I'm going to give you a few words as we walk through this sermon today. How do we endure the pressure when we don't see the purpose? First word I want to give you is this. Trust. When you don't see the purpose, you have to trust in God's promise. Because there's nothing else to trust in. If you don't see the purpose, all you have is trust. All you can do is trust and God's promise. Mary and Joseph had grown up going to synagogue ever since they were little kids. And uh, Joseph probably went to Hebrew school as a little boy. And what his rabbis would have taught him, they would have taught the Psalms, they would have taught the Proverbs, they would have taught the prophets to him. And 
I just know that as little children growing up through teenage and in this moment, they would have had to have been relying on the words of the scripture that they had been taught all their life. For example, Psalm 37, 5 says this. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. See, the promise comes after the trust. Trust in him and he will act. You keep him in perfect peace, Isaiah 26, 3, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You gotta trust in the promise when you don't see the purpose. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 Trust in the Lord with all your heart. You know this one. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Why? Because then he will direct your path. When you cannot see the purpose, you have to trust in the promise. When a baby is in the womb and suddenly the the walls start to crush in, The pressure starts to move in. The baby has no idea that there's a purpose behind the pressure. All the baby knows is this is terrifying. This is difficult. This is painful. This is distressing. I was in a comfortable state. I was happy where I was. Things were perfect. And now all of a sudden there's this pressure and I don't know where the pressure is leading. God is saying to somebody today, you don't know what the purpose behind the pressure is, but I've got a purpose. And I'm making a promise to you that if you'll trust in me and lean not into your own understanding, then I will direct your path. There's a purpose, but you're gonna have to endure some pressure. The thing that's so unique about our relationship with God and and the difference between God and us is this. Our lives are inside of time. We're, in, we're, we're inside of time. That means that we know what happened in the past. We're aware of what we're experiencing right now in the present, the pressure we're feeling now. But we have no idea what's gonna happen in the future because we are inside of time. God is outside of time. God's picture is eternal. When God looks at your life, he sees your past He knows what you've been through. He sees what you're going through right now, your experiences in the present. And he also knows the promises that he's made for your future. He sees everything at once because he's not inside of time. He's outside of time. We are inside of time, so we literally cannot see the purpose. We literally cannot see what's going to come uh, down the road. We can't see the plan. All we know is that we have to trust in the promise that God made for us. Somebody today has been struggling to say, well, what's the point of all this? And God's saying, look, I can't reveal the point to you. You're like a baby in the womb. But I can make a promise to you that I'll never leave you and forsake you. I'll never walk away from you. I- I- I'll direct your path. I'll bring peace into your heart, the peace that passes understanding. I'll heal your land. I need you to trust in the promise. Mary and Joseph are putting their trust in God. They're they're holding on to this promise that that they had both heard separately from the Lord saying there's a purpose to all this. They're holding on to that promise. And then the scripture says, I I love this verse. You might have missed it when I read through it. Verse six says, while they were there, 
down in Bethlehem, it says the days were completed for her to be delivered. The days were completed. That means there was a specific moment where there was the fulfillment and the fruition of the time that God had for what he was doing in her life. It says the days were completed. There was a fullness to it, and it couldn't happen before then, and it couldn't happen after then. It had to happen now. If you want to endure the pressure when you can't see the purpose, we've got to trust in God's promises. Second word I have for you is this. Timing. When you cannot see the purpose, you have to trust in God's timing. And here's the problem with timing. God's timing is not our timing. God's on God time. God's not on Brent time. God's not on you time. God's on God's time. The problem for me with timing is my timing almost never aligns with God's timing. Like when I want something to happen, I'm ready for it to happen right now. There are, I'm preaching to myself for a minute. There are some things that I want to see accomplished and I want to see them accomplished right now. And, and, and I will tell you, it, when I feel that kind of pressure, I either get anxious, I get restless, I get frustrated, I don't know what to do with myself, I want things to be done, I'm ready to move on, I just, that's me. And God's saying, you can do it, how, you can squirm and, 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 and squish and squash and yak and scream and holler and you can do whatever you want. I'm working on my timing, I need you to get your timing aligned with my timing because I'm not gonna get my timing aligned, aligned with your timing. God's got eternity. Scripture says that for God, a day is like a thousand years, a thousand years like a day. God's not on our timing. We gotta get on God's timing. You know, you know this, but like you can plan for something. You can prepare for something. You can, get, you can have the best game plan in the world, be all ready to go, have all your T's crossed, all your I's dotted, ready to rock. But if it's not the right time, it's not gonna happen. I, I was with some friends on Thanksgiving. We were at the park and we were playing some football. And I had, I had planned out this route. It was a good route. And uh, this route was gonna take us across the goal line. And I had it all dialed in. I had worked with the, with the team. I had everybody figuring out what we were gonna do. And, 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 and I ran my route. And I ran my route just like I thought I was going to. I had it planned to a T. I ran it right, but I didn't have my timing right. A friend of mine uh, happened to be there with his video camera and captured the moment. Um, I think it'd probably just be best for you to watch the video yourself and, and get a sense of what happens when you don't have the right timing. Watch this. Timing, timing, it just, everything was right. Just the, 
Everything was right. The flow was right. The pattern was right. The move at the end. Everything. Timing was wrong. When you're not on the right timing, you're just going to fail. You're going to drop the ball every time. You want to be on God's team, you got to get on God's timing. You, you, you cannot do things your own. It, you, you can do things your own way. Let me correct myself. You can do things your own way. You're going to get your results. If you want God results, you got to get on God's timing. The scripture says this. This is, this is what the, uh, Joseph and Mary, this is what they were taught. Psalm 27, 14, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Psalm 37, 3, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Isaiah 40, 31, you know this one. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not Faint. If you want to experience the purposes of God in your life through the pressure, you got to trust in God's promises. You got to trust in God's timing. And then comes the good part. This is the part that I that I've been waiting for. This is the part that I've been wanting to get to. We've got timing. We've got trust. And when it comes to God's purposes, when you align yourself with his purposes, when you endure the pressure to align your life with God's purposes, here's the result. Every time, God wins. Every time, God wins. (laughs) Put your trust in God's promises. Be patient. Put your trust in God's timing because ultimately God prevails. If you want to experience the prize, you've got to endure the pressure. I love this part of the story when you come down to verse 7. After all that Mary and Joseph have been through, all the emotional pressure, all the physical pressure, the actual pressure of childbirth, all of the pressure that they've experience. Luke 2, 7 says this, and then she brought forth her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling cloths, and they laid him in a manger. If you go on to read, it talks about the angel choir singing Hosanna. It talks about the shepherds who came to visit and bowed down. It talks about, you, 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 you read about the magi and, and, and the triumph that happens in this moment. Finally, The baby is born. And this is what I love. You see, the baby, the the story of Christmas has to be tied with the ultimate purpose of God. The story of Christmas by itself is beautiful, but you've got to understand why Jesus came into the world. And he came into the world, the scripture says, to save us from our sins, to help us lift the load, to help us carry the burden. See, he came to help alleviate some of the pressure that we experience in life. Years later, when he's teaching his own disciples in Matthew 11, Jesus says this, come to me, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am 
gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. My burden is light. The yoke is an implement that still requires pressure. Jesus isn't saying, I remove the pressure. He's saying, let me get up under that yoke with you. Come up under my yoke so that I can be lifting the burden with you. So that the pressure is not just weighing down upon you, but I'm walking right by your side. I've got the yoke on my shoulders and you've got it on yours, but I'm going to be pulling the weight. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I want to bring rest even in the midst of your pressure. After 24 hours of labor in the delivery room, my wife is, she is wore out. She's exhausted. She's delirious. She's hungry. She's mad. She's sad. She's crying. She's emotional. She's a mess. The doctor comes in (laughs) gingerly this time, and he says, you know, Rebecca, if you would just allow us to give you a little bit of this epidural, you wouldn't have to carry all this pain by yourself. He said this. It was interesting. He said, the the epidural will help to eliminate some of the unnecessary pain so that you can actually feel the the productive pressure. You still need to feel the pressure because you're going to need to push. But right now, the pressure is being masked by a bunch of pain that you don't have to be experiencing. But you're experiencing it because you're insisting on doing this all by yourself. Some of you today are insisting on carrying the burden by yourself. And the pressure is greater than it needs to be because some of the pressure is the pressure that you put yourself under and you refuse any help from God to lift the weight. You won't, you won't let him. You won't get up under his yoke. You want to carry your own yoke. God's saying, look, I'm here to help carry the weight. The doctor said, listen, if we keep going down this path, I'm concerned that eventually the baby will be distressed. And this could be very compromising to your entire birth plan. When he said that, Rebecca kind of nodded. He said, listen, if you'll just take the epidural, it'll give you enough time. It'll actually allow you to rest a little bit so you can gather your strength to push when it's time to push. So Rebecca, I'm watching her, the wheels turn. She nods. Finally, she says, okay, give me the epidural. Still wasn't happy about it. They give her the epidural, and I got to tell you, Within 10 minutes, 15 minutes of the epidural, everything changed. Her face relaxed. Her body relaxed. She leaned back against the pillow. She had been, she'd been in labor for 24 hours at this point. She leaned back against the pillow, and she actually fell asleep. She didn't stay asleep very long, maybe 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. She just rested. It was the most beautiful point in that whole 24 hours. She's just resting. And I'm sitting there watching, not knowing what I can do to help. 
And then suddenly she sits up, opens her eyes. She says, get the doctor. I'm ready to go. I run out. I get the doctor. We run back in. And within three pushes, our firstborn son, Jameson, is born. And it is a moment of celebration. All that pressure, all that pain resulted in the moment that we had all been waiting for. There was a purpose in the pressure. See, sometimes that that pressure can be productive and God wants you to stay in it. Sometimes that pressure and that pain is just the pain of you not accepting the the power of God in your life. And today God is saying to somebody, look, I'm not going to take away the pressure, but I'm going to help you carry it. We started a verse, we started this series with a verse, and I want to end this series with a verse. It's 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. It says this, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. I told you at the beginning of this series, if there's one thing you get, I want you to get this. The power within you is greater than the pressure upon you. If you will open your heart today, wherever you are, if you've been a Christian a billion years, if you're tuning in for the first time, this just came up on your YouTube feed, you don't even know who we are, I'm speaking to you. Either way, I want you to open your heart and let the God of the universe, through Jesus, come into your heart and begin to help you lift the pressure, help you alleviate the pressure, help you carry that weight whatever it is that you're going through, whatever pressure you're experiencing right now, if it's the relationship pressure, the financial pressure, the family pressure, whatever it is, health, let God carry that weight with you because when you allow him into your life, the power within you is greater than the pressure upon you. Let me close us in prayer today. Father, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit who is here right now even in this place but also in the homes and, and, and the cars and the, and the walks and the, and, and the parks where people are right now everywhere they are God we just ask that your spirit would descend upon us and open our hearts um, change us draw us into a real relationship with you let us bow our hearts before you humble ourselves before you trust in your promises trust in your timing and then experience the triumph of receiving you the god of the universe the king of kings into our heart i pray lord god for uh, those who are experiencing pain and distress heartache and fear lord let let us open ourselves to receive you and come in and give us your strength, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to this message. One of the ways that you can respond is joining me right after this service at 1045 Central Time uh, for step three of our next steps. This is a great session, a live session that I'll be leading at 1045 uh, about discovering God's purpose for our life. How do we, how do we live out the, the purposes that God has called us uh, to live out? And, and it will also be discussing our dream team, ways that you can get plugged in and begin to make a difference in the lives of others. There's a link in the chat and in the description. Join us, click that link at 1045 Central and I'll be leading you through that session. Another way that you can respond, especially as we close out the year, is by partnering with us in giving. A partnering with us in generosity through your gifts to One Family Church so that we can continue uh, to reach the world with the message of Jesus and support the organizations that we support all around, not only our city, but around the world. Uh, you can do that on our website. There's a link in the chat and also in the description. Uh, you can click on that, on that link and give a one-time donation or a recurring donation. And finally, I would invite you to join us in taking the bread and the cup. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body that's broken for you. And he poured the cup and he said, drink. This is the blood of my covenant that's being poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It was through Christ's willingness to endure the pressure of the, of the cross that you and I get to experience the prize of eternal life. Thanks so much for being with us today. I invite you to come to uh, step three if you can. Uh, and if I don't see you beforehand, we love you. Merry Christmas. We'll see you on Christmas Eve. God bless.